You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, brought to you by Xmark Manufacturing. 30 years of pioneering spirit and innovation have resulted in legendary durability, all-day comfort, and unmatched cut quality. Go check them out at xmark.com. You're listening to the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast, the weekly show sharing proven methods and systems in marketing, equipment, and customer service, educational and motivational to help make your lawn care business an overwhelming success. Now, here's your host, Julio Tomei. Welcome, Lawn Care Nation, to another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. I'm your host, Julio Tomei, and this is episode number 385, entitled, What I Learned Switching to Battery-Powered Tools This Year. Well, hello, everybody, and thanks again for joining me this week on another episode of the Lawn Care Business Success Podcast. Really appreciate you guys tuning in each and every week, and of course, for those questions, the comments, and the feedback that you guys have been sending through, I really do appreciate that, as always, uh, and uh, hopefully you guys, uh, this uh, week are all doing good. Uh, I've seen a lot of you guys uh, there on social media uh, getting right into the thick of things, uh, some winter weather uh, hitting in areas, and a lot of you guys uh, starting to get uh, pretty busy uh, with things like Christmas lights. So awesome to see uh, that a lot of you guys are keeping busy, and uh, very awesome to see as well uh, our friends uh, from down under, uh, from uh, areas like Australia and New Zealand that are uh, just getting into the full swing of their uh, spring season and uh, getting into that uh, uh, heavy uh, growth and uh, cutting period. So uh, very cool. If you're uh, in North America and you're uh, already uh, you know uh, itching for uh, some mowing and uh, starting to miss that already. Uh, Make sure you uh, look up your uh, you know friends there in uh, Australia or New Zealand, and you, you can get your fix that way, uh, seeing uh, what they're uh, up to. So uh, very cool. Uh, this week, I wanted to uh, uh, actually just mention as well uh, what's going on here with me. Uh, I've wrapped up my season uh, fully. I think uh, I did uh, my uh, last full like leaf cleanups. Uh, we had uh, a bunch of leaves finally fall. It was like uh, trees holding on. And there's still, if you drive around, you still see tons of really big trees with a lot of leaves, but they're not on any of my customer properties. Uh, so for my clients, I think I'm pretty much done. Uh, so much so that uh, I actually went out on Saturday uh, this past weekend. Um, I haven't worked on a Saturday in probably close to 10 years. Uh, but uh, they were saying that an Arctic uh, airflow was coming through this week and uh, that we had a possibility of snow happening. And I was just like, okay, well, that's going to be a disaster for people uh, if there's as many leaves this week as there was the following or uh, the past week that I cleaned up. And people are trying to, you know, uh, clear their driveways or things like that. And, you know, you got uh, a bunch of leaves and stuff. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to go, out. I'm uh, not going to take a, a chance. I'll just go out uh, and get uh, the leaves taken care of on the Saturday. So that's what I did. And uh, thankfully I did. And luckily uh, on those properties, uh, the ones like the last holdouts, I only had about three or four customers left that I was just kind of holding out uh, for those leaves. And uh, luckily uh, looking up when I got there, uh, I didn't know what to expect because, it, you know, uh, being a Saturday and stuff as far as parking goes and all that sort of stuff and customers weren't expecting me. 
but uh, to my uh, gratefulness, I guess you could say, uh, looking up at the trees, they were all done. Like they had dropped all at once. It was a ton of work, uh, especially since it had rained a lot as well. Uh, so they were wet leaves. Uh, but, uh, you know, thankfully having, uh, both uh, the Xmark Navigator for the larger properties and then uh, the commercial 30 for the smaller ones, uh, I was able to knock them out and just, uh, you know, get them all done. Um, that first one, uh, the one I did with the Navigator, Navigator. That one was quite uh, uh, the challenge. I was there for a few hours uh, by myself doing it. Uh, and, uh, you know, like I said, if it wasn't for that Navigator, there's no way uh, I'd be able to uh, get uh, some of these done, uh, especially like that, uh, with just a few, you know, you're kind of late in the season here unusual for leaves to be like this having sort of limited daylight to work with being a solo operator so yeah that machine has been uh, just absolutely fantastic uh to be able to you know be able to deal with that uh, in you know uh, thick wet leaves and stuff like that and to be able to just get it all done and the other bonus is that it just mulches everything up so well and the commercial 30 they both do such a good job in that sense that you can fit so much more um in you know when you're disposing of it uh versus uh if you're just sort of like uh, sucking it up or something like that uh, and they're like the full leaves without it being um or like raking them and stuff like that so uh, it worked out uh, well there's a couple that night when i finished on the saturday night uh another windstorm rolled in uh so the the one with uh, that I did with a navigator, um, I know that one was completely uh, done, so I don't have to worry about that one. The other uh, couple, um, I will I'll check on them uh, depending on how the weather goes here. But that Arctic uh, airflow that they were talking about absolutely came through. Uh, it is freezing cold today. Uh, it's uh, Monday uh, when I'm recording this, the day before it's coming out. And it is so cold uh, that, yeah, absolutely, they're saying snow in the forecast for tomorrow and stuff. So it was uh, just good timing that I, I did do that and get uh, that all done, uh, all those leaves and stuff cleaned up, uh, getting ready uh, uh, for uh, that snow coming through. So on Saturday, when I finished those leaf cleanups, uh, the other thing that I did uh, was uh, once I unloaded the, the navigator at the end of the day, uh, I got the uh, the hose out and I just basically uh, hosed the whole machine down, uh, cleaned it all up, uh, emptied out the baskets in the back, cleaned out the hopper and all that sort of stuff, uh, and then uh, basically uh, put it in the garage and it's uh, basically set for winter now uh, and just sort of tidied up. And uh, same with the uh, Commercial 30, gave that a bit of a hose down. Uh, and then uh, I figure uh, that uh, uh, the other thing uh, that I did was I put the trailer away uh, for the winter. So I got that cleaned up uh, inside the box and stuff. There was an accumulation of, uh, you know, dry grass and stuff like that. Uh, just uh, stuff that builds up underneath the deck of the Commercial 30. And then it falls uh, inside that uh, sort of tool uh area in the front of my uh, custom built trailer so i uh, got that all cleaned out got the back of the trailer all cleaned out uh, where i normally carry uh, the navigator sort of the open uh, part of the trailer and uh made sure i you know cleaned all the crevices and stuff uh, from dirt and stuff so it doesn't like sit there and rusting kind of builds up in the corners and stuff inside the box so i got all of that uh, done put the trailer away for in storage for the winter uh, so basically figuring yeah you know the last couple customers uh, the ones uh, 
that I got done, if I want to go and double check them, uh, what I can do is either uh, I can use uh, like a cargo rack on the back of uh, the tongue of my truck to put the commercial 30 on, or I can... Uh, the other thing I can do is use the commercial 21 and put it in the back of the truck. Uh, I can usually get it up there pretty easily uh, with a couple of boards on my bumper uh, without uh, too much issue. Uh, pretty simple, actually. Uh, so uh, I figured, you know, if I have to do a last mow or something like that, like one more time, if like neighbor's leaves have blown uh, onto their lawns or something like that, then I can do that. Uh, but for the most part, I think that's a wrap for me for the, uh, you know, lawn mowing season for uh, 2022, right to the very end of November uh, wanted to, basically I, w- I wanted to uh, uh, kind of get it over with just because of the cold and you know obviously the snow and stuff kind of uh, r- uh, racing against the clock for that uh, but it's nice to uh, kind of unwind now and not be able to do that though there was something interesting that I did notice this year um, that I've never really noticed in the past is usually by this time of the year when I'm, you know, getting through those leaf cleanups and stuff like that, I am beat. Uh, and I am just so looking forward to that winter and getting it done uh, and, and, you know, taking that time off and stuff. But the weird thing that happened this year was that I was really enjoying working. <laughs> which is kind of odd because like I said, usually I am totally uh, beat, but I was just having fun going out there and cleaning leaves and, uh, you know, using the navigator and like the commercial 30 and stuff. And I think that's part of what it was. It was just that those machines worked so well that it was more enjoyable to do. It wasn't like, you know, raking or things like that, like I've, you know, had to do in the past or uh, trying to um, do those larger properties with like the turf tracer, which works fine. And going over and like mulching them all first and all that sort of stuff, then having to bag them all stuff because the navigator just made it so much easier. I think it was just less fatiguing on me. Um, and then thus just enjoyed it more. But yeah, I was just really enjoying going out there and, and working and stuff like that. And that doesn't happen too often at this time of year. Of course, in the springtime, after a long winter and stuff, you're always looking forward to going back to work and all that. And, you know, I'm raring to go and all that. And uh, those days are quite enjoyable and all that stuff. But by the end of the season, I'm usually ready for a break. And, you know, I, I am ready for a break and stuff. But it was interesting to me that um, I was enjoying working and like, you know, having to work on a Saturday and stuff. I wasn't like, you know, especially after, you know, not working on a Saturday for so many years, you'd think that I'd be like, oh man, like I don't want to have to do this and stuff, but I looked forward to it and it was fun going out there and doing it. So that was kind of strange to <laughs> kind of get like a second wind in my sails uh, and, uh, you know, enjoying uh going out there and doing that so i thought since uh the end of the season has happened now officially and uh you know the equipment is all basically uh put away uh that it would be interesting to talk about my experience this year using battery powered equipment as uh some of you guys know uh i have been using battery powered equipment on and off throughout the last few years uh, with the Milwaukee stuff um, that they had sent me to do reviews and stuff. So they sent me various different pieces of equipment uh, over the last, I don't know what it's been, four or five years or so. And, uh, you know, I've used that stuff for certain reviews and things. 
the the pieces of battery powered equipment that I've absolutely become like a an, a, a convert, and you guys will know this right away, uh, is hedge trimmers. Uh, absolutely, one hundred percent is the one thing that right away made sense to me using hedge trimmers. Uh, now, with the other pieces, it wasn't so enticing to use. Like, for example, the string trimmer, right? So the Milwaukee string trimmer that they sent, uh, I had the original version. I also had the quick lock version with like the attachments, uh, the string trimmer attachment, and then the um, hedge trimmer attachment. And I was using it all for the hedge trimmer attachment. Uh, this uh, past year as well, I added the sidewalk edger attachment for the Milwaukee uh, to, uh, you know, just add an extra attachment there. And, uh, but when it came to like string trimming, um, of course, you know, when you're using a gas powered equipment, you've got a whole bunch of power at your disposal at any time, whether you want to do, you know, like a really, um, overgrown lawn and stuff like that you never have to worry because you know you've got uh, plenty fuel and for the small dense properties that i do uh, i could literally on say like um you know an average trimmer uh fill up my fuel tank with the 50 50 mix and because my properties are so small and i'm you know just trimming here and there and doing, you know, touching up the edging and all that sort of stuff, I could literally for most days get through the whole day on one tank of fuel. Uh, so much so that I started not even taking mixed fuel containers with me because, you know, I could get through the entire day with uh, just doing uh, one tank of fuel on, uh, um, you know, the string trimmer. And the other thing too is that obviously I could monitor it through the day. And because my root density is so good, I'm constantly in my own neighborhood, so I can always come back uh, as I do uh, throughout the day to use the washroom and stuff like that at my house. And, uh, you know, I could always add fuel if I needed to. It was just one less thing to load up in the morning, uh, jerry cans and stuff. So I would just fill up the, uh, the equipment and just leave the jerry cans and, and go uh, throughout my day. Now, so up until this point, I did tests using the Milwaukee uh, fuel uh, M8, uh, M18 um, string trimmer, and it performed fantastically. Uh, if you watch videos that I've done a few years ago, like how many lawns can you string trim on like the 9 amp hour batteries that come in the kit. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I got the 12 amp hour battery with the chainsaw kit and you know, I did a test on that. How many lawns can you um, do with that for like average, you know, these dense sort of city type lots and all that sort of stuff. And that was sort of the extent. And the reason I didn't continue using the battery powered stuff when I initially got it was that I use such small amounts of fuel in the first place that it there wasn't really an incentive to uh, use the battery powered stuff, right? Because it was like, okay, um, you know, it's going to save me fuel and all that sort of stuff, but you know, what am I using or like, what's, uh, uh, the tank size on an average trimmer, right? There's like very little fuel in there to start with. So it was like, what am I saving? Like a dollar today? If I go to battery powered, like it wasn't worth, um, the, uh, you know, trying to do that. So fast forward to 2022, 
And of course, battery power tools are getting more and more prevalent. And this year we had just that crazy surge in gas prices. Uh, so, you know, and I had to do a, a price increase, you know, across the board uh, on everybody's uh, property. So that's what initially um, got me to think, okay, maybe this is the year that I experiment with battery powered equipment, because I think it's going to be inevitable anyways, that Eventually, at some point, battery-powered tools will be the standard. Uh, you see stuff, battery-powered stuff getting banned. You see companies already uh, discontinuing. Look at uh, the big news was Honda, uh, you know, with their commercial mowers and, and their lawnmowers in general. They are getting out of the lawnmower uh, game in as far as gas-powered lawnmowers go. So... You know, it just seems like uh, it's inevitable that uh, battery-powered equipment uh, is uh, here to stay and is where it's uh, the industry is headed. You know, looking at uh, the Equip Expo and stuff like that, like battery-powered stuff is uh, what seems to be um, what was prevalent uh, there. Uh, so I thought this year, this is going to be uh, the year that I'm going to basically, I'm going to force myself to use uh, the battery powered string trimmer because now it sort of makes sense that, you know, with the increases in fuel costs this year and having to raise everybody's prices and fuel was just fluctuating so much that it was like, well, you know, I've, I've already raised people's prices across the board. And I've put in a fuel surcharge just in case it goes even higher to protect myself. But what's like a way to mitigate these prices? Because, you know, no other sort of, uh, when you're thinking about like, you're going to go and quote somebody's job in the spring, those customers are usually, you know, they're counting on you to kind of keep that price throughout the whole season, but it's very difficult. You know, normally in past 17 years, that hasn't been an issue. Whatever the price is at the beginning of the season, I can hold. But this year has been the first year where things were just crazily fluctuating from, you know, the fuel prices throughout the season fluctuated, uh, fertilizer costs, everything to do with fuel because of transportation and all that sort of stuff. So things like fertilizer costs and all that sort of stuff, everything went up because of uh, those fuel costs. So I thought, you know, early on in the beginning of the season, when I saw just the prices kind of skyrocketing and it just wasn't staying still and they were talking about it going up higher, that, you know what, this would be a good year to uh, switch to battery-powered equipment as much as I can uh, and just really give it a good effort this year on using battery-powered equipment and do a full assessment on it and to see how it goes. So uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of... Uh, go over that in this episode, uh, what I kind of found and, um, you know, sort of some of my takeaways with it. So, uh, I'm just going to play uh, this week's podcast, uh, sponsor ad, and then we'll get uh, into it right after this. So stay tuned. For almost 40 years, landscape pros have trusted Xmark equipment to help them get the job done day in and day out. Hey, I'm Mike Mayfield. And as a product manager here at Xmark, I get the opportunity to listen to our customers and test new ideas for our products each and every day. We strive to make our mowers the most durable, comfortable, and advanced in the green industry. 
Exmark, engineered by us, trusted by landscape professionals, ready to work for you. Okay, so as I was mentioning there before uh, the break, uh, switching to battery-powered equipment. So basically what I did was I revisited uh, that uh, Milwaukee M18 uh, fuel string trimmer, that first generation model. And they've since come out with a couple of different models uh, since that first generation model. Uh, but I have to say that as far as aesthetically goes, uh, that first generation model is my favorite, uh, partly because it's a, uh, solid one piece shaft. Uh, I've noticed on the newer ones that the shaft on it is uh, split up probably for packaging and shipping and stuff. So it's like a two piece, you got to put it together, that sort of thing. Uh, so I'm not too keen on that, especially for a dedicated string trimmer. Like obviously it makes sense for like a split boom. Um, and it really kind of makes me wonder why they even bother making it. Like if they're going to do, um, if they're not going to make the dedicated string trimmer all one piece shaft, then why bother? Like you already have the um, uh, quick lock system, like the, you know, basically like Milwaukee's version of the pass or the uh, steel combi type thing. So you already have that with string trimmer. So why not just, you know, discontinue the dedicated string trimmer and just focus on that. So the fact that they have like the dedicated string trimmer but it's like a two-piece shaft now is kind of weird to me uh but so i really like that original version of uh, the string trimmer uh so i started using that uh every day in my lawn care business uh i had uh, a bunch of batteries from equipment that they had sent so that string trimmer came in a kit it came with a nine amp hour uh high demand battery I also had a nine amp hour high demand battery from the hedge trimmer, uh, the handheld hedge trimmer that they sent. Um, there was also a high demand nine amp hour battery from trying to think what else. Um, it was probably the quick lock system. Uh, yeah, it would have been the quick lock system that came with uh, the nine amp hour high demand battery as well. Uh, so then uh, I had a 12 amp hour battery from the chainsaw kit uh, and I had a 3 amp hour battery from the switch tank backpack sprayer uh, so what I ended up doing was using the uh, as I said I, I used a string trimmer uh, I ended up purchasing the attachment for the uh, edger attachment uh, to use on the quick lock system uh, as the edging. And then I also uh, ended up purchasing the Milwaukee handheld blower uh, tool only. Uh, and I bought that because I figured, okay, so I've got three nine amp hour batteries that I could use for string trimming, uh, as well as edging. Uh, I've got that other third amp, uh, three amp hour battery, and then I've got the 12 amp hour battery. So my hope was when I first started out in the season was that I could use the 12 amp hour battery, that big boy, uh, in the blower in the handheld blower and that, uh, you know, I could use that for the blower and then have the, the, um, the nine amp hour batteries to use at my disposal for the string trimmer. Now, when I originally did my tests, uh, a few years ago, when I first got the, um, string trimmer and stuff, 
if you watch those videos, I could get through my average day with two of the nine amp hour batteries. Uh, so I thought, okay, that would be fantastic if I could do that, because then that'll leave that third battery uh, that I could put in the quick lock system and use that for edging, uh, because I'm not doing edging on like every lawn all the time. I'm doing it for like the beginning of the season uh, to go through every lawn, but just the one time. And then I use uh, the string trimmer uh, for maintaining my edges. And then uh, I'd have that to use for, you know, cutting new uh, edges on, um, you know, not previously uh, edged lawns. So all basically new clients that you're picking up in the spring. Uh, So that was my plan. And uh, what I didn't take into consideration, though, was that, like I said, I started getting some of this Milwaukee stuff uh, about five years ago. So those batteries had some use on them, obviously, and they didn't have like the full charge cycles and stuff that they would have had uh, if they were new starting out. So I did notice uh, throughout the season initially uh, that I did have some battery degradation on one of the batteries. Uh, So I had the batteries labeled as like one, two, three for those nine amp hour batteries. And, uh, one of the batteries held really, really strong, uh, throughout, um, the entire season. Uh, now it's important to note as well, uh, with the Milwaukee stuff, their, their equipment is not weather rated. Uh, so it has like the sticker on it with the rain clouds and the big, like, you know, Ghostbusters rounds, you know, X across it. Um, so, um, I couldn't use it in the rain. Now here in obviously in the Pacific Northwest, you guys have heard, uh, and probably, um, you know, heard me at nauseum talking about the rain. So in the springtime, we did have a pretty wet spring. So how I basically handled that was that if it was raining, like actively raining, raining coming down when I'm working, I would not use, uh, the battery powered equipment. So I would use battery powered equipment if it was dry days or if, it was just in between. Uh, so like some, a lot of times it will like rain overnight, but then it's fine during the day. Everything's soaking wet. All the grass is wet and all that, but that's not going to hurt the trimmer uh, or the battery or anything if I'm holding it, you know, and it's just trimming wet grass and stuff. So the only times I wouldn't use it is if it was like just pouring down rain. If it was just like drizzle or something like that, uh, or little spots, um, then I would use it. Uh, the other thing was that um, there was a couple times where like it would just start pouring rain on a day that I took it, but it your normally doesn't last very long. It's like a few minutes, like a shower that comes through really heavy. Uh, so then I, I would just go to the truck, whatever, and wait it out. And a lot of times I would do that anyways. If it was heavy enough using gas-powered equipment, I'd do that anyways. Uh, so that wasn't a big deal. So the other thing was that this last uh, year, uh, we had an unprecedented drought happen. Um, one that I've never experienced in my entire life living here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, normally, you know, uh, the summer drought happens in like, uh, late or sorry, like in July, but like more towards like mid July or something like that. It'll happen, um, sometimes in the beginning of July, but it goes like July, August basically. And then at some point in September, usually by the second week of September, the rain always comes back. That did not happen this year. So we had, uh, you know, July and August, very, very dry. 
like no rain at all for the two months, uh, which is also kind of rare because usually you get like a summer shower or something like that. So we didn't have that. Uh, but then it went September, no rain at all. And then it went October, no rain at all until like the very end of October, it finally started to rain. So it was like four months of no rain here. Uh, and lawns got absolutely scorched. So on the plus side uh, of that, if, you know, we're always looking at, uh, you know, silver lining uh, on, uh, you know, every cloud has a silver lining was that I got to use the battery powered equipment every single day. So much so that at the end of the season, like doing my year end analysis, when I finally started to use uh, the two stroke uh, mixed fuel again, was when I finally switched to using the backpack blower uh, for the leaf cleanups. Now, I use the handheld blower, as you guys know, whether it's gas or uh, the battery, but uh, normally gas all year long until leaf cleanup. So I use a handheld blower all season until leaf cleanups. That's the only time I use a backpack blower. For me, it's way more efficient. I'm just blowing off grass clippings and stuff. It's way more comfortable to use. I don't like putting the backpack blower on. It's just cumbersome and all that sort of stuff. And there's it's overkill for 100% of the situations throughout the season until leaf cleanups. Leaf cleanups, that's when uh, I really need, uh, you know, obviously uh, to use a backpack blower. There's no real comparison there in terms of uh, the power with a handheld blower. So for this year, because I purchased that Milwaukee uh, battery-powered blower, um, I was using that uh for the season, uh, blowing off those grass clippings and stuff. And I did a video on uh, that. I also did a video on uh, edging with the Milwaukee Edger, both on my YouTube channel, if you guys are interested in checking those out. Uh, but what I found, uh, like I said, with the drought and stuff, was I got to really, really put this stuff to the test uh, because I was relying on it day in, day out. Now, what's funny to know is that in the beginning, right at the beginning of the season, when I first started, uh, especially the first week, first couple of weeks, I was loading both gas and battery powered equipment. So I was, I was still taking my gas trimmer, gas edger and all that sort of stuff that very first week, uh, along with the battery power stuff, because I was just like, eh, you know, I, I don't know about this, right? Like just in case I don't want to get stuck and stuff. But as the season went on and I started to learn how to use it, and I think that's the biggest takeaway is that you learn how to use battery powered equipment. It's different. Um, you know, it doesn't have, at least with that Milwaukee stuff, it's very close to a gas power trimmer, uh, but it's not like a high-end gas powered trimmer, right? The, I think the build quality on the Milwaukee is fantastic uh, and absolutely held up all year long, like no issues at all in terms of like build quality and construction and all that sort of stuff of the unit. Uh, but it's sort of like a, I would say like a mid you know, grade uh, gas powered trimmer, right? It's not like a high end, high powered gas uh, trimmer uh, equivalent to. So you learn to use that. But what, and what I mean by that is that 
you just get used to it. In the beginning, it feels very strange and it takes a while to get used to. The other thing that took a, a long time to get used to was just the weight distribution and balance of the machine was much different than a gas powered unit. Um, it's hard to explain, but it, it actually took me a while to get used to and build that sort of muscle memory where, you know, my wrists and uh, forearms and things weren't sore from just the way I was holding it because it was different. I wasn't used to uh, it in that sense. Uh, and then that sort of power uh, difference there. Uh, but what I learned as well was that you don't need the power. In fact, what I ended up doing um, once sort of like those first week's cuts were done and, you know, that sort of heavy growth and all that sort of stuff. Once I got into the rhythm of the weekly maintenance uh, on the Milwaukee stuff, they've got like a rabbit mode and a turtle mode. The rabbit mode is like higher torque, but you're using more battery. The uh, turtle mode is less torque, uh, but conserving battery and thus, you know, having longer run times. Once I got into the rhythm, I went totally into turtle mode for the rest of the year. Uh, it was not an issue. No problem at all using turtle mode once you got used to it. Of course, if I grabbed a gas trimmer and turned it on, you would immediately notice the abundance in torque and stuff for that. But it wasn't the use case scenario that I needed. I don't need all that torque. Uh, most times when I'm using a gas trimmer, my fingers not even full on the throttle it's like barely a running thing because i'm doing this weekly maintenance it's just touching up stuff um so i found the battery stuff to be more than adequate it was uh such a pleasure to use it's very like you know and i knew that it was going to be good in that sense like the less noise and all that sort of stuff i thought the biggest issue would be the battery run times and stuff. But for me, in the case scenario that I was using, because, you know, I got used to it and that muscle memory and running it on turtle mode and stuff, it was fantastic. And the battery runtime was great. Uh, and it's very, very strange because, you know, in that heavy growth through the spring stuff, I was using the two batteries. Sometimes I'd have to sneak that third one, uh, the one that I would have on the edger. Uh, just to maybe get the like the last house done or something like that, uh, you know, the battery would die. But it was like, this is not a big deal. Like um, three batteries, like what's the big deal here? I charge them at night. Uh, you know, each of those kits uh, and tools that I got came with the battery and charger. So they all had chargers. <clears throat> so I just had like the three or four chargers set up, put the batteries on it at the end of the day. They're charged up the next day, um, ready to go. So it wasn't a big deal. So using that. And then what I found, though, was the blower uh, with the rabbit and turtle mode, uh, the, that uh, Milwaukee blower. And I believe it's the second generation. Um, a lot of people call it the first generation because they've come out now with this new uh, Milwaukee like dual battery that some I've seen some stores referring to as second generation where that's actually not correct. Uh, that would be the third generation blower. Um, there was an initial first offering of a blower and then a, the second generation handheld blower is the one I had. Um, and then now this third one that just came out that has the, the two batteries. But um, what I found with that was that for doing just your basic, you know, your grass clippings and stuff, especially in the spring um, and on like concrete, like sidewalks and stuff, you know, when they're uh, 
pouring concrete, they use usually like a bristle broom uh, to run like a, a pattern on it so that it's non-slip. It's like, you know, it has a sort of like a textured finish on it. And when you're trimming grass clippings and stuff, I find that it'll like catch on to that and can really like grab hold, especially if it's sticky uh, grass clippings and things like that. And if you happen to like run the mower over uh, that and kind of squish it in, you know, it, it can become trouble there. Uh, to come loose, uh, even with a gas blower, if you're blowing it off and stuff. So I found with the uh, battery-powered uh, handheld blower that the turtle mode for the blower was absolutely useless <laughs> for that setting. If you're maybe using it for, uh, you know, I don't even know what sort of a use case scenario you would use uh, the turtle mode for, um, but the rabbit mode was perfectly fine it uh like i said i've done videos on that you can see uh, more than adequate for blowing grass clippings um and yeah it worked fine um and the 12 amp hour battery uh was perfect for what i was doing there was days where it stretched it and it was like you know the last light blinking on the battery uh you know indicator uh showing that uh, you know it's running out of charge but it would make it through the day there was not one day with a 12 amp hour battery that I didn't have enough battery for the blower, uh, for, you know, and running the blower on uh, rabbit mode the entire day. Now, the important thing to note, note here, and that you gotta, gotta wrap your head around is that there's no idling with battery powered equipment. So there's a lot of power conservation there. Uh, whereas with gas powered equipment, you're starting it in the morning, you're letting it run, warming it up, that sort of thing. You're doing your trimming and all that. But then when you're walking in between areas, say if you're trimming around flower bed here, you know, you do your, maybe your perimeter trimming and then you go trim around flower bed. And then there's like another flower bed, you know, across the way or something like that. And you're walking to that. You're not turning off the machine and then going to start it again. When you get to that other flower bed, you're leaving it running. And I would find that you know, in the morning when I'm starting it, I'm starting it at my trailer. When I'm unloading it, it's warming up and then I'm walking to where I'm going to start. When I'm finished all my trimming, like say I typically, you know, trim the front lawn first because that's where I'm parked. I'll work my way to the backyard, trim all that. I'll finish in the backyard and then I'll walk to the trailer, you know, through the backyard to the front yard, to the truck. And I will typically have the gas trimmer still running in my hand, even though I'm done, right? I don't turn it off in the backyard to walk to the front yard. I l just have always left it running and I'll turn it off when I get to the trailer. So there's a lot of fuel consumption that happens with a motor running for no purpose. So once you get used to the fact that with the battery powered equipment, there is no idling, it's only running when you're pressing the trigger, uh, you know, you actually save a lot of energy there, right? It's only using battery power when your finger's on the trigger and when you're actually uh, pulling the trigger. Same with the blower. It's the same thing, right? I'm blowing grass clippings here, you know, and there, whether it's a backpack blower or a gas blower or a handheld gas blower, it's always running. Um, you know, I'm not turning it on and off when I'm going from one, you know, uh, blowing, you know, some grass off of this sidewalk and then maybe walking to a different area to blow over there or whatever the case may be. It's always running uh, where the the uh, battery 
uh, blower, it's only running when my finger's on the trigger, when I'm actually doing the job. So once you get your head wrapped around that, you start to understand, oh, it doesn't actually use you know, crazy amounts of energy all the time. It, it makes sense that you can actually make uh, these tools last. But it was interesting that with the Milwaukee blower, it had to be on uh, rabbit mode to be, you know, even useful for just grass clippings. Uh, but with the trimmer, no problem on turtle mode uh, for the entire uh, day doing that. Now, the other thing that uh, completely surprised me uh, was the edger attachment uh, doing that. So that was something that I thought, okay, this is going to be a bit of a, um, you know, this is going to be a big ask, right, to uh, to do. Because it's one thing to trim uh, grass clippings and cut, you know, hedges, where I've always talked about, you know, uh, and recommended people, you know, if you want to get into battery powered equipment to start off with a hedge trimmer, if you're hesitant with anything, because you will quickly fall in love with battery tools if you're starting with a hedge trimmer, uh, because just... Uh, for a lot of reasons with a hedge trimmer, uh, the battery run times are some of the longest with hedge trimmers for some reason. I'm not sure exactly why. If you're using the same battery and you're string trimming or, you know, a chainsaw or a blower or whatever, um, that it's uses more battery than if you're using a hedge trimmer. Um, but it's, you know, in some cases, like for example, string trimmer to, uh, uh, hedge trimmer, uh, both Milwaukee, the string trim on like a nine amp hour battery will give you like a one hour runtime is what they say. Constant, like real fully charged, pull the trigger. It runs for an hour dies, uh, you know, on like rabbit mode. Whereas on the hedge trimmer, pull the trigger. It runs until it dies two hours, right? So that's a hundred percent increase in, in runtime uh, just because of the tool. So that's why, you know, I always recommend people use uh, a hedge trimmer to get into battery powered equipment because it's, you know, fantastic. I've done jobs with uh, the Milwaukee hedge uh, trimmer with like a single nine amp hour battery and I'm there for hours. And again, because you're not constantly pulling the trigger the whole time. So, you know, a two hour runtime, constant use can easily be like four hours of a, a project or a job. If you're doing, you know, trimming uh, different, uh, you know, bushes and things like that and cleaning up and all that sort of stuff in between you, I'll go like the whole day and it's like, man, like I'm still using the, the same battery. Um, so, you know, the, the tools are different. So with the edger, that was the one thing that I was like, okay, now we're, you're talking about, um, you know, digging into the soil basically. Right. And there's that resistance going against like, you know, the sidewalk, the concrete, there's that friction there. Um, you know, sometimes the lawns are wet and muddy and stuff and it's, you know, cutting into that. It's uh, excavating basically that little trail of uh, soil and stuff. So this is going to eat up batteries, right? And and I don't know if this is going to have the torque to do this uh, sort of a thing, right? Uh, and I don't know. I just had that sort of mental block. But then I remembered like you can buy Milwaukee circular saws. So what's the difference there? Like you you know, you got a blade on a circular saw going through a piece of lumber. Um, it can do that. It can cut through that. So why wouldn't a blade just going through soil, uh, be able to do that? And, uh, you know, to my surprise, it didn't have an issue doing it. Uh, and in fact, you know, I, 
was pleasantly surprised uh, with doing like overgrown edges with it. And again, when I first started doing it, I was taking the gas stuff with me back up. And as the year progressed, I didn't even bother, uh, you know, by the last, you know, uh, about a month ago or so when I uh, uh, signed up that new client um, uh, that I've been talking about uh, that I'm looking forward to next year because it's like a nice bigger property. It's a nicer property, all that sort of stuff. Um, One that I can get different machines on, all that sort of stuff. Like their edges were overgrown. I went to cut them. I only took the Milwaukee to do it. And it was not an issue. No problems at all. Uh, it just goes through it like butter. Um, like the, it has enough torque. Uh, yeah, it's just never been an issue. So it's like, and that's the thing that I learned this year with the stuff was that, yeah, there is some uh, downsides to battery. Um, you know, obviously you got to, Make sure that you charge batteries in the evening. You know, at the end of the day, you got to have enough batteries uh, for your particular case use. Um, there's always that uh, you know possibility that something goes wrong uh, or that doesn't charge. Um, I'll give you an example. Like um, a, lot, a lot of you guys might know as well. I, I experimented this year. This year for me was like the year of the battery. Uh, I experimented with buying an electric car. And, uh, that has been mostly positive, but you know, there are times where it's like, okay, you see issues where it's like, okay, especially with the electric car I bought, it's a very small battery electric car. Um, so there's times where it's like, okay, you have to make multiple runs. Um, we're going to have to figure out, you know, where to charge this and go to like a fast charger to charge up the car and stuff. And it's usually not an issue to do, um, but there's a couple of times where it's like, okay, we get to a charger and the charger's full, right? There's people there charging stuff. So you got to wait. Uh, and, you know, for my uh, little electric car, typically five or 10 minutes on the charger can get the battery to like 80%. Um, so it's not a big deal once I get on the charger. It's not like I'm sitting there forever waiting for the car to charge. It charges very quickly on like the fast chargers, uh, the, like DC to DC fast chargers. Um, but, you know, there's was that occasion where it didn't charge or sorry that it uh i got there and you know i had to wait because there was only two chargers and at that particular location and both of them were being used and you know so you know there's some downsides uh, to battery stuff so you got to make sure and then there was other times where like i plugged it in at home um and we have like a level two charger for the car and you plug it in and you know there's been a couple times where something happened um you know, like a charging fault or something like that. And you get out in the morning and the car didn't charge overnight. You know, you're expecting to use it and it didn't charge. And, you know, my wife had to take, you know, her, the SUV uh, to work that day because it didn't charge. Right. But that's not things that happen solely with the electric car. For example, there was one morning where the car did charge, but the, we, she got out there in the morning and I noticed as she was backing out of the driveway, the tire was flat. So it went over a nail or something the night before. Nobody noticed, had a slow leak by the morning. The tire was basically on its rim. Um, so she couldn't take the car. So there's things that happen regardless, right? But for the most part, when you consider for that, you know, and I'm giving the car as an example, that 98%, 99% of the time, it has been flawless, charging the car, waking up in the morning and, 
you know, the car's charged and stuff like that. Uh, so, but there are downsides like that. The other downside that I'm noticing with the car with, uh, it being a small battery and us having a long commute for what we're using the car for, um, is that here now that the temperatures are really dropping is that that range is, uh, dropping uh, quite a bit. And depending on who's driving the car, um, they sometimes <laughs> will need to charge the car. Uh, so I'm laughing cause it's my son that, um, I don't know if he's got a heavier foot or whatever the case may be, but, uh, he drives to the same spot as my daughter will drive or my wife will drive sometimes and back and they can get back, uh, you know, with the car on, you know, from it being fully charged the night before they can drive to that location and back and still have battery to spare where he will drive and then he doesn't have enough to get back and he has to use the fast charger at that location to charge up to get back um so you know there are some downsides and stuff so with the battery equipment what i noticed was there was degradation of the batteries but again i didn't start out with fresh batteries this year some of them were older than others i had gotten uh you know equipment that was sent to me from milwaukee to do reviews and testing and all that sort of stuff it wasn't all at once that they sent me stuff you know one year they sent me one piece and you know the next year they sent me something so some of those batteries had varying ages on them but i did notice that once i started getting into the pattern of using that stuff every single day that the batteries that were older uh, in particular, one of the nine amp hour, bat- amp hour batteries, it degraded very quickly um, to the point where, you know, if, you know, at the beginning of the season when I started using it and I could get through, say, you know, six houses with it, um, depending on the use, I should, I should note that. Uh, so depending on the season. So like at the beginning of the season, maybe you get through like three or four houses per nine amp hour battery that started to increase as the growth settled and there was less growth. And then I could get, you know, six houses on a battery. Uh, but then that quickly started to fade on that particular, uh, battery that was, uh, uh, going through, uh, degradation. And, uh, on that one battery, I was doing maybe a house and a half by the end of the season, um, where it was like, that's it. It's not holding a charge, right? But I can't hold it against it for that because I don't know that battery could very likely be the one that was five years old or, you know, four years old or whenever, you know, Milwaukee sent me the first uh, piece of equipment. So I can't really do a definitive sort of test on that in terms of that, because like I said, I've used this stuff on and off throughout the last few years. Uh, I've completely switched just using hedge trimming with the Milwaukee stuff. I haven't used my gas hedge trimmers in, you know, since I got the Milwaukee stuff four or five years ago. Uh, so, you know, those batteries have had lots of use. Uh, I've also picked up uh, throughout COVID and stuff, I bought a Milwaukee drill and impact driver and stuff. And I was using those nine amp hour batteries for that and did a whole deck project and all that sort of stuff. So those batteries were getting used, uh, quite a bit, uh, through that period of time as well. So difficult to say, I can't definitively say, um, you know, how much degradation there was with the other two batteries, the other two nine amp hour batteries, uh, they were fine throughout the season and didn't really notice any loss of uh, degradation, uh, with any of those. So, um, yeah, tough to say in terms of that, but obviously battery degradation is a thing with, uh, um, you know, lithium batteries. Um, 
something, you know, just the reality of it. At some point, those batteries uh, are not going to have the charge cycle um, or they're going to run out of charge cycles, right? So that's what's, uh, I would say, exciting about uh, things like the Cress um, battery power tools that will be coming to North America next year uh, with their claims um, about, uh, you know, lasting so much longer than every other brand's batteries and having sort of that supercharged capability and all that. So you don't need a bunch of batteries, like two batteries you could basically get through an entire day because of that eight minute recharge time on them. So a lot of interesting things uh, and seeing, uh, you know, I got to uh, visit uh, the Greenworks commercial guys this year. Uh, They were, um, had their uh, local distributor here doing uh, basically a demo for a commercial um, like government type property uh, where they were thinking about, uh, you know, buying all their stuff. So they had their uh, enclosed trailer with like every piece of equipment that they have there, their stand on mowers, their zero turns, all that sort of stuff. So I got to go see that uh, in person as well. Um, That was very cool and very nice of them as well to uh, basically, uh, arrange a time for me to come see them. And they waited around for me after they were done, um, you know, doing their demo for, uh, that commercial property. They stayed in the parking lot with all their stuff set up. Uh, the commercial property guys were probably thinking like, what are these guys doing? They're not packing up and leaving like that sort of thing, but they were waiting for me to, to show up and, uh, uh, check out all of their stuff. So that was very cool uh, to basically have a private showing of the greenwork stuff. And, uh, since then I've got to work with them as well. Uh, I did, um, the, uh, little 24 volt shear shrubber, uh, hedge trimmer, something I was looking forward to, uh, testing out and, uh, and, you know, that's been a fantastic tool as well, especially with the grass shear or the shear blade attachment for all the detail work and stuff. It's been uh, that missing piece that I've needed for hedge trimming for a long time uh, to be able to get into those like tight quarters, uh, doing uh, stair spindles and things um, where hedges are like growing up against that and through the spindles, you know, very difficult if you've got like a two foot long bar on a hedge trimmer to try to get, you know, that detail work done. I'd usually have to hand prune them and all that sort of stuff. Uh, where now with that little, uh, handheld, uh, 24 volt, uh, shear machine, I can get right in there, do that detail work uh, on the lattice of like cedar fencing. I've got some of those where like they've got hedges on one side and then the, the hedges grow through the, the lattice on the top of the cedar fence. And with that little uh, handheld uh, shear shrubber, I can get in there and trim that all so you can see the lattice and stuff again. Uh, just been fantastic. So a lot of very cool tools uh, coming out, uh, you know, and something like that. You wouldn't, there wouldn't be a gas equivalent of that. It's just a small, compact uh, little tool that you wouldn't be able to have a gas uh, version of something like that uh, that would make it worth uh, doing. So uh, very cool there. And now with this cold spell, um, coming through and this, uh, you know, snow that, uh, will be, uh, coming to the region. Uh, I've, uh, partnered up again with Greenworks and I'm going to be, uh, testing, uh, one of their, um, single stage snow throwers. Uh, so I got their 22 inch, uh, 80 volt, uh, snow thrower, the Greenworks, um, pro, 
um, snow thrower. So uh, I will be uh, putting that to the test to see how that compares to my only other experience using a snow blower um, is my two stage, uh, I think it's an eight horsepower two stage, uh, gas, uh, MTD, uh, snowblower that I have. Um, uh, actually it's not an MTD. It's a Cirrus Craftsman, uh, snowblower that I bought, uh, when I started my business, bought it brand new, uh, from Sears when Sears was still a thing here in Canada. Uh, they're no longer a thing here. I'm not sure if they're still a thing in the U S but, uh, here in Canada, they're no longer a thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I bought, uh, the Cirrus Craftsman, but I think it's like an MTD. I think they're pretty much the same. They were built in the same thing, but that was a, you know, it's a fantastic machine. Uh, tons of power, uh, being obviously a dual stage, uh, snowblower and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, the only issues now, now that I don't do snow removal or snow blowing or anything for my business anymore, um, I like to clear the snow often if i'm at home like you know if i'm doing podcasts and stuff throughout the winter because that's normally what i'm doing i'll get out there and you know clear the snow shovel it or whatever the case may be uh throughout the days in the evening whatever the case may be and with the dual stage it's just so loud and noisy that that was always my thing was just like man thing just so noisy that i ended up just never using it um because i just don't want to bother my neighbors if it's you know I'm the one there all the time using the snowblower sort of thing, right? Um, so there was a couple of times I would use it because it was like a whole bunch of snow. You'd, you know, wake up in the morning and there'd be so much snow uh, that'd be hard to, sh- you know, to shovel and stuff. Uh, so really looking forward to using uh, the single stage. I know a lot of you guys use the single stage gas snowblowers in your uh, lawn care businesses when you're doing that. So interesting to see uh, how a, a single stage performs uh, and a battery single stage uh, to boot because then I'll be able to still do you know my own driveway at night and stuff like that. I remember coming back from one year, for example, like a New Year's uh, party uh, and uh, like a blizzard came through and so we're coming back at like two o'clock in the morning three o'clock in the morning from uh, a dinner dance uh, that me and my family went to and uh you know as we came home and pulled up to the driveway we actually stopped before pulling the car in the driveway and then me and my son got out there and shoveled snow uh at like two or three o'clock in the morning um doing the driveway and and what's funny is that other neighbors uh came out and started shoveling snow too because they were having their celebrations with friends and stuff over so there was like two or three houses in the cul-de-sac all shoveling snow at like three o'clock in the morning so i thought you know situations like that like you can always use a snowblower the 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 battery powered one because it'd be a lot quieter than a a gas one so uh yeah interesting uh, to see uh, how that'll work and i might get my chance to uh, try that sooner than later so my takeaways this year from battery powered equipment is if i could sum it up in one sort of story would be that what turned out you know, initially at the beginning of the season to be kind of hesitant uh, for me to try to, you know, commit myself to doing quickly, I learned and adapted to the tools. And it started to become so much more enjoyable that on the days where it did rain, and I couldn't take it, I was honestly bummed out that I couldn't use it and that I had to go to the gas stuff to, to using the gas uh, trimmer. Now, obviously I still had to use gas 
uh, for the lawnmowers and all that sort of stuff. I didn't have uh, gas-powered lawnmowers. I had that uh, Echo one that they sent me that I had high hopes for initially. Uh, quickly learned that that is not something that would be able to be used uh, in a lawn care business and uh, quickly relegated that uh, to, uh, you know, taking it to my parents' house uh, that I still mow. Uh, They live in a different city. Uh, So uh, I was like, you know what, I'll just leave it there and uh, use that when I go there to mow the lawn uh, at their house. Uh, But, you know, they're a small little property and stuff like that and uh, can use it for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I didn't have gas mowers to use in the business. Uh, but in terms of all handheld equipment, everything from, um, edging to blowing to, uh, all of my trimming to, uh, the chainsaw I used quite a bit this year, it was all battery powered this year, uh, just except for those few occasions where I couldn't because of uh, foul weather and only because the Milwaukee stuff is not rated uh, for using in the rain. A lot of other brands like steel and stuff are, uh, that Crest commercial stuff is all uh, rated for, uh, it's like IPX4 rated for uh, wet weather and stuff. So no issues with using that stuff in the rain. Uh, So yeah, I was just limited by that uh, on those days uh, that I couldn't. And like I said, that was the test, uh, the turning point for me was I, when I started to notice that even in the rain, I wanted to take the battery stuff because it was just so much more enjoyable to use uh, than using uh, the gas-powered stuff. So, yeah, that was uh, kind of the turning point for me uh, when I, I, you know, can honestly say I became a convert to using uh, battery-powered stuff uh, fully. And I could see, like, yeah, this is this is doable. Like, it's not a big deal switching uh, to battery-powered stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, definitely a thing. Now, whether it's worth it or not in terms of the costs associated with it, obviously there's a, a heavy initial cost with having to purchase batteries, enough batteries, depending on your business. That is a big thing. Um, you know, degradation is going to be a thing. You're going to have to replace batteries after uh, a few years and stuff. So you have to take that into uh, account, um, you know, that sort of upfront cost. I don't know how much savings, depending on where you live uh, and your cost of fuel is, um, how much savings there is um, when you consider that every few years you may have to replace batteries. If you're getting into something like the Crest Commercial, uh, and again, this is all speculation because I'm just going by their initial stats on, you know, the longevity of their machines. Number one, you wouldn't need as many batteries because of their quick you know, DC to DC fast charge capability in eight minutes that you can uh, have that uh, truck mounted charger thing that uh, you charge up at night and then you take that with you. And then that basically lets you DC fast charge the batteries that you could basically run with like two batteries because while you're using one, the other one only takes eight minutes to charge in the truck. Uh, And you basically swap out batteries throughout the day as you need it. Uh, So if you're getting into something like that and, you know, they have apparently a much longer uh, life span because of their um, thermal uh, management and heat is what kills batteries. So the thermal management uh, is a lot better uh, than every other uh, uh, battery. They basically do not overheat is what their claim is. So they're able to uh, get a much longer uh, lifespan out of their batteries. Um, 
so, you know, when you take that into consideration, you know, something like that may be worth it. Uh, of course, that there's no prices uh, discussed with the Crest stuff, but I'm, you know, guessing that that's going to come at a cost too. Um, you know, if their claims are true and, you know, that they're, uh, you know, a much, um, uh, you know, basically uh, at a different level than everything else that's on the market, uh, then, uh, you know, that's going to come at a cost as well. So, Hard to say, uh, but for me, you know, especially for the small, dense city properties that I maintain, um, you know, and just using Milwaukee stuff, like not nothing special, not, um, and it's kind of funny. I, I was thinking about this as well too. It's fun, funny how Milwaukee kind of gets a bad rap. Not that they do, but you know, people don't really take it seriously uh, for using in a lawn care business. But the funny thing is, like, there's no question if you're like a plumber or a contractor or, you know, anything else to use Milwaukee. It's like, yeah, that's what you're using. That's like the top of the line stuff. That's what you're going to use. Right. But it's funny. You go to like lawn care and it's like, oh, no, it's got to be gas. It's got to be this and that. Right. Um, but it's funny how um, it has, you know, absolutely uh, proven its worth to me. Um if only they could make that stuff weatherproof uh, so that it could be used, you know, in the rain and inclement weather, then I think the Milwaukee would be a fantastic choice, especially with that battery system too, right? It's, it's a, it's a good choice because of that, because there's so many different options uh, with the batteries as well. Right. Um, I like that. I like when you can, um, you know, um, kind of, future proof or use uh you know batteries for more than one type of tool or, or that sort of stuff that's always a handy feature right if you're not going to invest in um you know like a, a specialized system um if you're 100 percent serious about it and stuff and you want to go full in then something like the crest um like i said we'll have to see uh next spring uh, when they come out uh, how they hold up and how the um you know the reviews come in and stuff for that but yeah uh very cool uh experience this year um and like i said it's so funny how i started out with taking the gas stuff with me each day and then slowly was weaning off the gas uh, at the end of the season i think my running tally for the entire season for the amount of mixed fuel that i used was a gallon and a half uh was the total amount of uh, not including leaf cleanups. I think for leaf cleanups, I'd use another gallon alone just for the leaf cleanups for on my properties, probably. But for actual string trimming, before I switched to uh, using the, the leaf blowers, for string trimming, blowing, edging, all that stuff that I used, the Milwaukee stuff from the beginning of spring until basically November, um, a gallon and a half total of uh, mixed fuel. So not too bad. You can see yeah, that that's actually... Uh, you know, really good. I, it shows you how much I used, uh, that battery powered, uh, stuff, uh, throughout the season. So, uh, that's it for this one, guys. Here's to wishing you guys all overwhelming success and freedom in your lawn care business. Bye for now.